from worlds beyond to write at the gaming table. These are all my fantasy children. Welcome all to all my fantasy children. My name is Aaron Catano Saez. And my name is Jeff Stormer. This is a podcast where Jeff and I uh, battle each other. Okay, okay, keep going. No, no, work it out. Work it out, Aaron. Come on. Okay. Suss out. Suss out. Okay. Okay. okay Determine okay. the bit. Yes, and? Uh, um, okay. We, where Jeff and I battle each other. With uh, spinning tops that we shoot yep. at each other. Yes, we we do we do we we, we Beyblade. Ba- so so the way it works. Um, yeah, the way that this works. Explain. I'm I'm literally I'm on a desert island just screaming <laughs> into the abyss. <laughs> so the way it works is every week we each take uh, about a about half a dozen of our favorite prompts, both you know current prompts, older prompts. We take about a half dozen prompts that we really enjoy. Right. Yes. We write each of them on on the top. Of a Beyblade, <laughs> we go to the Beyblade arena with each of these prompts written on a, on our on our battle tops. That's and right. We spit that's them right. out. See, we're we're feeling the uh, the anime spirit today. Yeah, no, we're feeling because good. we have a prompt this week, Jeff. And if I may, the prompt this week comes from Twitter user Void Fishing, and the prompt is a ranger who is basically a Pokemon trainer. Got to catch them all. This one has two options. First is, literally make a Digimon trainer and their Digimon partner, try and make at least one original Digimon, or within the realm of fantasy, please make a Digimon tamer as appropriate to the canon of the world. It's good. It is. I, I will admit, I don't know jack shit about Digimon, because that was a little late for me. I had already fallen in love with the Pocket Monster brand. Well, I've got some thoughts. Um, I, They might not be strictly Digimon accurate, they might not be yes. strictly anime accurate, I do, but yes. I definitely have thoughts and i know where i want to go with this prompt so i'm excited to dive in cool i do too okay uh so i want to hear these i want to hear these thoughts about the fantasy digimon from you so uh my thoughts on this i want to go back i want to i want to revisit a beloved character that i don't think we have really spent a lot of time with okay i want to revisit um uh, a fan favorite character a character we've gotten a lot of calls to sort of dig deeper into yeah um i want to revisit uh, a fine, fuzzy gentleman that everyone loves. Maybe really the centerpiece of the All My Fantasy Children canon. I want to revisit Toots the Skunk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, ju- wait, just Toots or I the tamer about- or the person who rides Toots? I want to talk sp- pretty specifically about Toots the Skunk. Like, we'll talk about Mysteria, but I also really specifically want to dig in and talk about Toots the Skunk. Okay. Uh, go ahead, because I am like, Bruh. So, um, and correct me if there's any gaps in the canon that I have forgotten. Okay, no problem. Toots is a magical, uh, being, a magical skunk that was summoned by Mysteria in a time of great need, she basically willed Toots into being. Yes. Toots uh, was her faithful steed and companion. She rode Toots into the final battle with uh, Lemony. The two of them disappeared. But the important thing is that she conjured magic, conjured magic divine and otherworldly to when she needed a companion, when she needed her life saved, she conjured a magical giant skunk. Yes. My pitch for all of, for this, for this episode. 
Okay. The person in fantasy that harnesses and masters that art form in their adventuring. The art form of, like, conjuring from places beyond magical creatures. Because that's basically, like, Pokemon and or Digimon summoning, right? Is you have a magical monster that you conjure forth in in a time of need to, like, maybe fight your battles, maybe just be a companion, maybe you all eat rice balls together. Yeah, that's right. I remember Monster Rancher. Don't you don't you dare step to me about Monster Rancher. Well, all right. First of all, Jeff, what the fuck is a rice ball? I know them in anime as donuts. Oh, cheesecake. You're right. I'm thinking about cheesecake. <laughs> are, you're thinking about those cheesecake uh, triangles with the chocolate stripe on them. The vanilla yeah. with the chocolate stripe. Yeah, cheesecake. Stripe. Um, okay, can I, okay, so here is my, what you just said. So there's a person who is summoning monsters. Jeff, are they designing them and then summoning them? Like, is this person crafting Hmm. monsters or is it they're summoning them from like a, there's a plane of existence that they're, that they're pulling them from or are they like, like creating monsters i think they are designing slash creating them because i don't think that there's a plane of monsters i think that they're sort of almost um almost astral constructs or like green lantern constructs where they're just conjuring these things into life okay and then so like but i think um i think the important thing for me is that i i think give me some pronouns okay all right so she is a summoner so she i think because what I've got in mind, the, 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 the arc that I have in mind for the character is I think in the early days, she's just summoning like magic animals, giant animals, sparkly flying animals, just animals. And I think that maybe that's part of the, uh, the arc of the character is that she learns that like, as she learns what these creatures are, she learns how to, um, make them more magical or stranger or like, bring in different things and create truly unique creatures but i think at first it's just like and here's a giant badger (laughs) okay okay all right so this person is summoning it because this is sick and i want to i want to do this one right so she is summoning animal companions right are they companions at first or are they like giant beasts that she's letting loose into the world you know what i mean like is this person creating for lack of a better term, like, not monsters, but, like, giant beasts, and, like, then they roam free. You know what I mean? I th- I think, um, I'm picturing it a little bit like she is conjuring them for a purpose. Like, yes. she's an adventurer, she conjures a companion, and then it departs into the ether. Like, it fades away Ooh. in, like, a glimmer, in, like, a glimmering sparkle cloud. Like, okay. she gives it a hug, and they're hugging, and then it kind of disappears into diamonds in the air. Okay, this is okay. This is because that's pretty the cool. most anime, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, why are they doing this? Is it because they're just they have this power? They discover it early as a child, and they were like lonely, and they wanted to make friends. Do you want to roll on a table? Oh yeah, I do. Give me a, a D ten. This is from the Pathfinder background generator. This is a summoner background. There's a summoner class, Ooh. which is perfect for this. It is a summoner background. It will tell us uh, their background as to why they became a summoner. Hell yeah. It's a seven. You lost someone important to you through means, luck, or simple pity. You had the chance to raise that person from the dead, but something went wrong with the spell. They did not come. Woof. Wait. It, it gets more interesting. I'm kind of okay. into, I'm kind of into this as I go. Okay. Your lost friend or kin soul bonded with a powerful outsider on the other side of the veil, 
and return to you as your Eidolon, as your Eidolon, your 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 most sacred uh summoner companion. Okay. And the two of you, um, and that's sort of the start of the adventure. Is the first time that she summoned someone, it was because okay. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna go in a direction here. Yes, she's an advent. She's she was an adventurer early on. Yes, she was. This is her, her adventuring companion dies in a dungeon. Okay, she tries to uh, save his life. He comes back, but not as a human. As let's say a um, what's a cool what's a cool monster for her like the Pikachu in this anime. What's like the central cool monster? Hmm. I sort of like, not my favorite, but I'm trying to think, what's a cool central monster? Like an imp? Some sort of like demon? Uh, um, you know what I'm going to say it is? Because you know what's a cool monster? What? Let me, let me Hold on, I'm going to pull up a random monster generator. Okay, let's do that. This one's starting slow, but I have a, I have a good feeling Give about it. Give me a d20 roll. Okie dokie. Five. Five? Give me a d a d six roll. Okay. So it's a it's a level five it's a level five uh monster. Got another five. It's from the infernal plane. Okay, I'm digging that. And it, it is going to be. I think I know what this is, but I need to look up a Google image. Yeah. Okay. That's creepy and kind of weird, but it gives me a real direction of where this goes. What is it? It is a Varghul. Okay. Can you describe to me a Varghul? I sure can. A Varghul is a demonic entity that is, uh, when what literally happens is, uh, a being dies, their head pops off. Fuck. And then grows wings instead of, like, its ears turn into wings. Okay. And it starts so it's- spitting fire. So it's like a flaming head beholder. Yeah, kinda. A boulder that shoots fire, but with, like, a face and I'm a gonna, mouth? I'm gonna send you a picture of this thing. Holy shit. Holy shit. Because, uh, no, I kind of, I kind of love this. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna message you a picture of this thing, because I kind of want to get your opinion on when you see this. Okay. Oh, wow. Um, okay. So, okay. I, I have an idea. Go for I it. I want to, I want I do, okay. So... They're in a dungeon. Uh, she's in a dungeon with her best pal, com- traveling companion. Yeah. Uh, they unfortunately croak. You know, they yeah. go down in a battle against. Ooh. Uh, is it a battle against infernals? Yeah, it's a battle against like a, a vampire lord or something. And so they go down, and the only I think maybe the is it the only way to save them or bring them back? Does she do it? Does she take? You know, because she's a summoner. Oh, okay, yeah, no, I love that. There's like a, a, yeah, it's like this opportunity, there's like, I think that she's just kind of like a a, a basic magician at this point, right? Like, she's kind of a level one wizard. She's only got like, but like, there's there's dark, there's uh, infernal magic in the air. Yes. And like, she, in in her desperation to save her best friend, uh, casts a spell, like, just like, reaches out, like, and suddenly, like, there's a crackle of thunder, his, uh, his head detaches from his body, it grows wings, and he is a floating skull creature that spits fire, and together they take down the, uh, the, the vampire lord. I am obsessed. And, oh, okay, I have a, I have a thought. Go for it. 
So this is when she learns she can become a summoner. Yeah, this is when she learns that, like, in a time of great need, like, there's this magical power, because magic is unpredictable, there's this ability to, like, summon something, right? To, like, create a construct, a being of magical energy. Because I don't think it's quite literally, like, animating the dead in this case, it's that, like... He died, she then creates a thing that's his head with vampire wings and a skull and it's huge fire. Yes, okay, so it's not him. His head, it's not the yeah. companion. I think she's, there's this, like, horrifying moment where she's, like, sitting there and the vampire lord is dead and she's looking at her fallen best friend and she's looking at his weird skull thing and he's trying to console her and he's like, no, it's me. I don't know how, but, like... That's my body, but I'm still alive. And she's like, I don't know what I did. I don't know how I did this. And that's what sparks her on a quest to figure out how I did this and how I can use it to help people. Okay. So this it, it doesn't require someone to die, right? Does this require death? Does it? Does it require death? I don't know. I kind of... Here's my thought on this. And uh, I'm thinking... That it's, it's sort of like in, uh, like based on the environment or like, I'm thinking she does this by like, she is a, she's a mage. Does she use elemental powers to do this? I think so. Like, you know yeah. I mean? Is this thing fuel, like in, in terms of, if we're going Pokemon Digimon type, she uses like the terrain or she uses the elements in the air. Something like that. Yeah. Like they're, they're in a dark, you know, infernal dungeon. Is that what creates this? Like she's using the elements around her. Like if she was in a swamp, he would have become like some kind of like swamp thing creature made well, of moss. And I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about what you said about like, I don't think it requires death. I think it's almost more interesting if she's not there with like a best friend or something. Yeah. If she's like going in by herself, like she's a badass kind of wizard, she goes in to kill the vampire lord by herself, gets cornered, creates this like this flaming skull thing. Yes, I I much prefer that. I honestly. think that's more I, interesting. It, yeah, it's more of like it's less about necromancy and more about like she's using what's available to her, I think, because in a time of desperation, I think she's just being resourceful and pulling from what she has in that moment of desperation and that's just like maybe she pulls from like the dark energy of the vampire you know lair is that kind of no i think that's cool i think that's cool well yeah i think that works so like yeah so like the story is all right listeners erase everything you've heard previously we've got it down now we're in okay we're 20 minutes into this episode we got it locked down (laughs) i'm so sorry okay so the way that this happens right is um I'm i'm gonna give her a name I think her first name is I. I'm going with Conjure as her first name. Conjure. Conjure. Wait, that was her name as a magician. Yes. Like when she was a mage, her name was Conjure. Yes. Okay. Sure. Uh, what culture is she from? She is. Um, I'm thinking she's a human. I was thinking human as well. Yeah. Um, she's so so Conjure the magician. Yes. Ooh, ooh. There's a fun twist. Conjure the magician was an illusionist. She got called that because she would like make things appear but it was just kind of like illusion magic like oh there's a rabbit now it's gone and so they were like oh so it was like oh i'm conjuring this thing but like i can't really conjure it right yeah so then she's she gets called in to go to to this dungeon there's a vampire lord that's terrorizing the civilians and like people are scared she is called in to help she's in the she's in the pits of this this dungeon these barrows right yes the vampire lord is 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 upon her she is she death is imminent she um and in that moment she 
she taps into something within her. Some sort of dark, magical, elemental power that is in the air. And poof, there is a skull with wings that spits fire. I dig it. I, I love the idea that is uh, the desperation attached to it is what makes the first time like it kind of tells me that it is just um, is it sort of like God I feel I feel like I'm just repeating myself over and over again because it I don't know where to go I'm so I'm I, I'm like uh so she just pulls from the air yeah she pulls from like because it's her conjuring things right yes. It's her, like, making this. So she's pulling from, like, her emotional state and her state of mind. So it's, so I think that's where, like, the elemental stuff or the, the planar stuff comes in. It's because, like, at this moment, you're exactly right. She's in a dungeon. She's surrounded by the undead. So the thing that she creates that first time is undead. But if she were okay. in a swamp, if, if this were, like, if she were fighting the swamp queen. Yeah. Then the thing that she would create would be like a giant frog or like a super giant mosquito or something. Okay. It is entirely based on the environment, her state of mind, her her atmosphere, and it draws from that. Okay. So I really like this. So we have Conjure. Conjure is a human magician who what what is her what is she after? Does she want something? Like, you know, why why did she is she just a traveling magician? You know what I mean? I have a thought on this. Okay. Uh, I think she was just a magician, like, for show, right? Because show business is big business in fantasy. We've established yeah. this. Yes. Um, but, you know, the side hustle being what it is, sometimes you take a job that's not quite, like, in your line of work because you're like, I could probably do that. She's living that, uh, she's living that side hustle life. Somebody comes to her with a job and she's not gonna not take it. And I think that then when she conjures this thing for real, when she lives up to that namesake that she gave herself kind of as a joke. Yeah. That's when she says like, oh, my calling isn't just to put on like magic shows. My calling is to travel the world, like helping people and fighting evil and slaying monsters and things with these monsters of my own and like defending those that need help. I have a twist on this. Go for it. I know I haven't said a lot this episode, but I've been thinking. No, hit me with that. I'm excited. So, Conjure, originally, is a mage. Yeah. So, I'm thinking she's a trained magician. Sure. We've yet to go into, like, where mages, like, you know, train and practice their art. So, she's a human. Yeah. I don't... Where, where do you want to say she's from? Just real quick. What's what city? Do you want to say she's from, from Truth? Yes. Yeah, we'll say she's from Truth. Yeah, that makes sense. I want to say that... In her past, when she was like a magician, I think during practicing, during duels, or during like, you know, training exercises where they like send out all the recruits yeah, to right. like go find a, a, a magic item, go, you know, f I think they send recruits to do like smaller, low, low level dungeons sure, sure, in sure. order to like, and I think in the training exercise, something happened to Conjure where she can't explain it. But in a moment where, like, her companions were knocked out, she's the only one left, no one saw this happen but her. In a moment of panic, I think she conjured, like, a fairy dragon, or she conjured something, like, gigantic and way too powerful, where it's, like, borderline dangerous and, like, obliterated the boss of the dungeon, but doesn't know how she did it. It was just, like, she was in... You know, she was in a dungeon in the Truth region, and she summons like a grass, uh, like a 
a mud and grass giant and it just crushes like the boss. So all her companions come too and they're like, what happened? And she's like, oh, I, I defeated the, I defeated the enemy. I don't, because I think, I think this is a scary thing. You know what I mean? Cause it, it, it gives me the impression that it's uncontrolled. Oh, if for sure. And I, I, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what makes it kind of terrifying. Yes, it's dangerous. And I think that's what made her go into showbiz. Cause it's like, I, she knows that there is tremendous power here, mm. but I think she kind of is afraid of it at first. And so she goes into show business to like, you know, that is a, that is a game that magicians and fantasies can get into is like traveling and doing prestidigitation and, you know, doing just tricks and entertaining people. But deep down knows that she's a, she has a power that like the world kind of needs. Right. You know what sure, I mean? Yeah. The, 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 this is something that if she could just control it, if she could just figure out how this works, she could put it into practice and really like defend the world from like dangers. I, I, I dig this. I dig this a lot. She's in a town one day and she's doing her side hustle, you know, and I think during the side hustle, there is a part of her that's like, you know, she's, she's outside, you know, Moon Crescent and she's sitting on the beach and like part of her is, has her fingers in the sand and she's just trying, like she makes a tiny little, you know, like a little fiddler crab made of sand and mud and water. Right, right, right. You know, and she's like, no, no, no. And it just dissipates because she can't control it. And then one day she hears like a scream and she's like, help someone, you know, someone is in danger and there's a monster there. And we haven't really gotten into like what monsters are or, you know, what they can be. But I'm kind of thinking right now that they're kind of created from unstable, you know, energy in the earth and like, you know, a, a construct just appears. Right. You know? And so if that's the case, I think that this is the moment that Conjure realizes that like, I can make monsters. I can fight a monster with a monster if I can just figure out how this works. Because I'm, I'm going back to the Pokemon Digimon trainer. So I'm thinking if there's like a giant beast that's like terrorizing a city or like a, you know, a small town, there's one person that's like, I know how these work. I know that this is unstable energy. What if, if I can just car- harness this and create a construct of equal power to that? I know I can defeat it. I can't go overboard. I have to find the happy medium of a construct, of a monster, of a companion that I can use to fight with me, that I can have, I can have like a, a restraint on it, that it'll be my, it'll be my subject, my servant almost. Are you picking up what I'm putting down or am I going way over the I deep end? I think I'm picking up what you're putting down. I think it's interesting. I like the idea that like, I, I dig that. I dig what you're laying down. And I think it adds an almost interesting angle to it of like why she took that, that thing, like fighting that vampire, right? Yeah. It like, cause I think I don't, I, I'm going to add a detail here as well. I don't think that was the first dungeon that she went into after becoming a magician. Yes. I think that this was after she became a magician, she wanted to understand like what the hell she did that one time back in, back in Wizard Academy. She wanted to understand what she did. She has spent her, um, her young adult life, I'm, I'm thinking she's only like 22, 23. And she spent the last few years, like, putting herself in situations, in like dungeons, and like, hunting beasts that are intentionally way too dangerous for her to try and like, kickstart that instinct of, I need to figure out what I did. I don't even think it's necessarily that she understands it. Like, I don't think she knows that it's a, it's a gift she can use to defend people and stuff. I think for much of her career so far, it has been, 
I need to figure out what the hell I did. Yeah. Because, like, there's something unstable about what I've done, and I need to figure out exactly what that is. I like that this has become sort of like a soul-searching, yeah. like, understanding my power and who I am. Because, honestly, if I had the ability... You know, in fantasy, magic is wild and unpredictable. But I'm thinking of, like, this is one of the... I think this is, like... Not obviously if she's in truth, she's not like the first summoner, but I think this is someone who's like, she's making like, you know, beings, right? Of, you know, that are, that are, it's not like an eidolon, like it's not like toots. It's like, hey, climb on my back. I think this is like, uh, creating like beings of just power and that are, you know, they have an element of danger. Cause I think I, what I'm thinking, the image that I'm thinking of that is the first time this happened. Right. It wasn't so much like Toots comes down and protects her. It was like this swamp being, this golem is just unbridled power. And she sees almost like a level of anguish in the beast and a level like she's in a level of panic. You know, she's in a level of uncontrolled emotion. And I think she saw the golem reflecting that emotion and was like, if I like, you know, she she felt sympathetic for this beast that was just flailing and, you know, like almost like the Incredible Hulk. Right. And I, where and she's like, oh, sorry. No, I, I I have a visual like reference point for this that it makes a lot of yeah. sense. It's quite literally like a Final Fantasy limit break. Yeah, it's like um, it really is. It's like if it's like summoning Ifrit, and suddenly there's just this like flaming inferno thing that she just like fired, and she's like, what just happened? And I, the companion part is what is what gets me because if she's summoning these things of tremendous power and she wants them to be her companion. I think the thing that's keeping her from that is, like, she summons things that reflect her own emotions, so they're frightened and scared, and they just have one goal, to defeat what's in front of them, and I think her her goal is to learn how to summon them from, like, a controlled place, and so, because I think she feels bad for them, honestly, that there's a level of fear in them as well, and if she's going to make these things, she wants them to feel, you know, like they're they're fighting at her side, and not just fueled by some like rage or fueled by fear and anger you know like she kind of sheds she she's she sees the swamp golem shed that tear after doing what it did to the boss of that dungeon and she just needs to figure out like what what this is like what is inside her what is this dark power you know not dark but like what is this terrifying power and how can she control it like what is she you know is she a mage is she, you know, this is, humans are a funny thing, that they're just beings of magic or beings created by, you know, this created by mysterious forces. And I think that there is something about them that, similar to our own and humans in our own, they, they wonder, like, where they come from and they wonder what else is inside them and what their possibilities are and, you know, things like that. And so I think that this is an interesting take on what it means to have in something inside of you that you can't explain and then if people saw it, they would be afraid. That's really interesting. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. I, I dig that. I'm trying to think of exactly what I wanna what I wanna put in here. I don't know that they that the the construct beings I don't know that, that they are necessarily that conscious. Okay. I think they can be. And I think when she summons the the Vargul Maybe that's the first time that, like, she summons something that's alive and, like, is a being that has emotions and feelings, and that's what pushes her on, like, I need to figure out, like, if I'm creating life, what does that mean? Because I think, like, I, I like the idea that she summons this this swamp monster, right? Yeah. And it just, like, smashes this dungeon to pieces and then just disappears. Like, it was a pure expression of rage and panic 
And at first she's like, well, I need to understand this. And then as she starts to understand it, then she comes, she creates this thing that is like living and she's like, oh, it's, it's because it's all an extension of her, right? Yes. Like, I think that the things that she creates are not necessarily like independently living creatures. They are extensions of her own mind and personality. Yes, and I I love that this is what's going to lead to them being her companions. Yeah, um, to being her Pokemon because it's I think it's a young person, uh, a young human figuring themselves out by using these constructs. Like you know, in you know, there's a I don't know, there's an an ice wolf. You know, yep. that might be a moment where she was you know, uh, a certain feel, like, you know what I mean? Right, that yeah, ice she, wolf reflects a certain point in her life and a certain thing that she was feeling. She and, was lonely and wanted a pack to walk with her. And so she created a wolf from the ice and cold. It's stuff like that. Yes. Cause I think it kind of just happens. You know what I mean? Like if she focuses enough, uh, like, does it just happen? Like, you know what I mean? She gets, say she gets dumped. And she's feeling lonely. You know what I mean? Is that like, is it just at levels of heightened emotion? Because I don't want it to be like, she's a teen or she's like a young person. No, I think it's, I think it requires like, I think after the first few times, it doesn't necessarily happen at random. I think that the few times it happens at random are literally like, I need to do something or I'm going to die at this moment. It's like, I am seconds away from death. Now I've created a swamp monster. Now I'm no longer seconds from death. But I think that once she kind of understands that, once she creates, once she creates Vargi, then she, um, then she kind of realizes, oh, I have this power. And so she, when she focuses and puts her mind to something and creates it, and it still kind of, it still reflects her, uh, subconscious like desires and wants and her state of mind and the environment around her Ah, but she still like she still has to sit down and say i'm going to do this yes there is an element of like design to it you know or like where she sits down and you know starts weaving elemental pieces and makes you know an ice wolf yeah i think this is this got really cool this got real cool it took a like it took you know they don't it always come quick but this one turned out real no. neat i'm liking this okay i want to say like what is her quest you know what i mean like is this someone who like you know does she because we can just say oh, she travels the world you know trying to right wrongs or is this just someone who just you know do they just live a life because if or are we going to go like Digimon Pokemon trainer where there is a goal in mind to like do something like Ash wants to be the very best like no one ever. I was. think I know what it okay? is. The first few times she does this, she has to put herself in these sorts of life or death, like dire situations in order to get herself to a point where she creates this thing. She creates an Eidolon. Once she realizes that like she's created Vargi, she created her buddy. That I'm picturing yeah. flying over her shoulder and giving quips. Of course. Right. Yeah, of course. Um, the two of them together, she starts to realize, like, she realizes and she's just kind of like, tries to go back to being in show business. She tries to go back to being a traveling magician. And she realizes that's fine, but it's not exciting. So I think that her quest is she becomes just she becomes an adventurer by way of thrill seeker. Okay, cool. She is literally like exploring exploring dangerous places and like 
and like uh freeing towns from evil wizards and sorcerers and like doing cool things but not because she wants to help people not because she wants the money not because she wants to like not because she wants to hone her craft though she is honing her craft it is because she is like this is like the thrill of doing something that dangerous and being that close to like death and dismemberment and despair she's like that's the coolest feeling in the world it's like she becomes like a like she becomes a thrill seeker she becomes traveling the world to like do these things and people are like you saved us and she's like i know it was so cool i love this uh what I can take from that is, like, she's going to all these different... She's traveling the world in the way of, like, how, like, a young person might now. It's, like, for the experience, for the excitement. Because with each place, I think she's... With every place she visits, I think she crafts a new companion based on what she felt while she was there. So she's creating, like, you know, a set of fucking Pokemon. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That reflects her experiences in each city and in, uh, you know, the elemental, you know, affinities that come with it. And she's going to these places and picking up, you know, more adventure. And it's, it's not, it's never enough, I think. It's, it's just, she can't get enough travel and she can't get enough thrills and she can't get enough danger because with every one, she makes a new buddy. So I think by the end of this, does she have like a fucking army of Pokemon, you know, of, of summoned beasts at her side. I think that they, I, I like the idea that they like dissipate, right? I like the idea Ooh. that like, it's not necessarily about visiting places and like absorbing experiences for, her, and it's not necessarily that they hang around. It's that just that she's like, okay, what's the next cool thing? Oh, there's a Tarrasque like tearing up villages in the Northern mountains. Guess I'm going to go fight a Tarrasque. Hops on a dragon and flies off fights the Tarrasque, creates, like, a cool monster to do, like, a flaming uppercut, and is like, dang, that ruled. And then she, like, high-fives the, 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 like, she high-fives Ifrit, and, like, it dissipates in a cloud of smoke, and she's just like, hell yes, what's the next thing? I love this, because it's, it's, it's far less of, like, creating an army of companions and more of, like, almost not self like self-discovery in a way but just like you know just experiencing life and all of it she wants to see what she's capable of yeah Hmm? yes like test her power and truly like and just have fun i think she just finds this kind of danger fun she's just got a thrill seeker she's got you know a little bit of a thirst for danger and it's it's cool and fun and she's like yeah People are like, why do you do this? And she's like, I don't know. I like it. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Are you kidding me? I just created like a giant fairy that encased a Tarascan ice. Yeah, like, like that's, that that rule. amazing. Like, why would I yeah. not do? Why would I? Why would I do anything else when I can do this cool shit? I dig this. I like this as a Pokemon trainer. It's that free spirit. <laughs> yeah, and she helps people, and she travels the world doing good. But like, she doesn't want. She doesn't necessarily. She the only the only reward she wants is enough money and enough support and like enough favors to get her to the next place so they're like please let us pay you for like freeing us from the medusa and she's like look there's rumor that there's there's a hydra six towns over you give me a ride we call it even i love it she's cool i like conjure she's kind of cool I will say, because uh, Logan uh, Voidfishing has been, 
you know, binging us and said in the prompt, can you include her in, can you include the character in the canon? Do, do, does everybody know about her? You know what I mean? Like, are the other people in fantasy, like, aware that there is an, like, this is some tremendous power. I think here. so. You I know think what I mean? for sure. I think she's definitely a, um, I think that the way that the character fits in is like action movie star. Ooh, okay. Because, like, she's the person you call when shit is very, very bad. Yeah. When there is a monster that, like, so Big Jeremy, okay, let me, let me sit, let me pitch you this scene, and then I think we're good yes, and please. we can roll on some tables or something. Cool. Because I got cool, a cool. real good scene. Um, she is riding, like, a flying manta ray down a yeah. mountain as, like, sentient snowmen are chasing her. And they're, like, boulders and avalanches, and she's, like, She's flying this manta ray, and she knocks two of them into each other, and they explode, and she does this whole cool fight scene. She gets to the bottom, she hops off, she, like, gives a real respectful nod to the manta ray, it salutes with its little fin, and it dissipates. And she, like, dusts herself off, and she's like, dang, that was fun. And then from behind her, she just hears... (laughs) Didn't think you'd pull that one off, Conjure. And she turns around, and it's Big Jeremy, like, standing there against a tree with sunglasses on and, like, a real <laughs> fancy parka. Of course. And she's like, wait, d- so- didn't think you could find me. Not out here. And he kind of nudges his glasses a little bit, and he's like, I got a good eye for, I got a good eye for scoping people out. <laughs> wait, is he Nick Cage? He is absolutely. I mean, not Nick Cage. Is he Nick, uh, is Big Jeremy Nick Fury? I think. Here's 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 the thing. I think the only way to like rope her into a job is if you yeah. act like Nick Fury from the Avengers. If you come to her in a cool way that is exciting, because if yeah. you just like, I think if you just, you, it's all about the pitch. It's all about the pitch. Gordon Gumboat came to her one day, like knocked on her door, like, "Excuse me, I have a job for you," and she just like closed the door on his face. Yeah, excuse me, are you down with the clown slam? <laughs> she, cause he, he doesn't have panache. She doesn't have style. Ooh, Big Jeremy okay. in like, I gotta be, I gotta emphasize this. A very, very cute parka. It is very cute. It is fur lined. It is, it is chef's kiss. Sunglasses, the, uh, the fold over kind that he's folded down so that when she's like, didn't think you could find me out here, he flips them up and then you see the sun, you see the spectacles. It's like, you think I couldn't see you from all the way over there in Iron Hill? She's, he's like, I got a job for you. You know, I don't do government work. This is, this is bigger than Iron Hill. This is the whole world in the ball, in the balance. And she like kicks, what? she kicks the snow a little bit. Damn. Thought I was done working with Iron Hill. I'm in. This is awesome. Yeah. This I is think awesome. that's how, cause I think, like I said, I think that she's got a, a thirst for being cool, right? I think it's about oh. just being cool. I, I have a, I, can I, I have an image as well. Go for it. Can I hit, hit me, you with just as my final note? So the character kind of that I'm getting, uh, the image of this is, do you remember Chrono Trigger's Ayla? Yes. I'm thinking like that. Like say, uh, hmm, what's like one of our more adventure characters? Like Tia, like Tia or Amy. Okay. Traveling so like, 
Yeah, they're traveling the world and they're, they come across a purple worm, you know, and they're, they're about to finish it. And, you know, like they're both like on their last legs. They're like, all right, we can, I think out of nowhere, it's just like a fist crushes like from the side, out of nowhere, this purple worm's face just gets demolished by like giant bear. Yeah, right, right, right. Or, you know, and it's like, whoa, whoa. You know, and out comes Conjure, thinks of any opportunity to save the day and come in with like a badass entrance or, you know, some kind of action movie moment, even if it's not really needed. Yeah. I think Conjure just comes up looking for excitement. Anytime that you're backed into a corner and Conjure sees it, I think Conjure's going to come bail you out. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I think, and I think she, she has to make the coolest entrance possible. And she's got to wait for like the <laughs> in coolest any moment. situation. Like, if it just enters, like, a bar, kicks the door so hard that it, like, breaks off the hinges and flies into the building. It's like, what the fuck, Conjure? It's like, woo, slides in, slides onto the bar on her knees, pretending to air guitar, and then sits at the bar and is, like, slams it, slams a $5 bill down and is like, give me a beer, you know? Yep. I think everything is just the most grandiose, badass, dramatic thing that you can think of. That's what we got going on here. That this took a turn. I love it. We have like literally one of the most powerful people in fantasy now. Yep. We want to roll on some tables. Let's roll on some tables. Cool. Let me see what I got. I do like the idea though. While you look, while Jeff's looking for a table, I like the idea that uh, this is just like later than like truth is already truth. Mm-hmm. But like, had she been able to, she would have like demolished Lemony Locust. Like, I think as like a scale of power, like she was just like a noob back then though. Like, during the days of Grasshopper City, or, like, a kid. But, like, scale of power-wise, I think she's, like, she's on par with probably, like, what Madame Mysteria was. For sure. All yeah. right, I got one. Monster Hunter. Give me a D8 for personality trait. Cool. All right. Two. I have pursued and immersed myself in the habits of my quarry so often that I have adopted some of their behaviors. That kind of ties in. It ties into, like, the monsters are reflections of her emotional state. Yeah, totally. And the one she hangs out with, you know, just the fact that they're beings of, like, uncontrolled power and, like, free spirit, you know, and they reflect her own will. I think from hanging out with just, like, it's pretty much hanging out with, like, your best qualities, like, someone who reflects the best part of you. It's only going to bring out, like, the best in her. So I'm going to skip the ideal because we've already kind of really hammered out what her, like, deal is. Yeah, of, like, adventure and excitement. So give me a D6 for a bond. All right, animal D6, go. Five ant. Past debts have bound me to the hunt, obligated to fulfill the wishes of those who hold my contract. I, I, I think it's not so much a debt, it's that, like, it's the it's Big Jeremy showing up and being like, we need you for one more job, and she's like, I told you I was done. <laughs> so the re- <laughs> Wait, so she's done with- Okay. So those are, like, jobs where, like, someone approaches her and is like, hey, we can't handle this monster, like, yeah. none of us can. Like, there's literally only one person on Earth who can handle this threat. But then otherwise, she just, like, basically flies around the world showing up wherever the fuck she wants and doing whatever the fuck she wants. But, like, she does have part of her, I think, that tugs at her being like, "Uh, they do need me to defeat this, you know, demon lord. Yeah. And so I do owe it to the people. You know, I really should. They've been good to me. Hit me with a D6 for a flaw. All right. Six eagle. There's a whole lot here that I don't love, but I love the first half of it. 
which is just what I earn, I tend to spend quickly, which is what we were already talking about. Like, the old, like, she lives off of exactly as much as she needs to get to the next <laughs> yes. cool job. Paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. She doesn't really, like, I think she just has fun money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, she has everything she could ever need, you know, in terms of, like, food and fucking power. Like, she can just hunt if she needs or just, like, pick a plant, fly wherever she wants. Yeah. I think it's sort of like she shows, okay, so imagine we, she, imagine you're in fantasy, right? And you know that somewhere out there, someone is traveling with tremendous fucking power. If they save you, I think you can kick them a few bucks. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like if they, if the town happens, like, you know, she saves your town, the Demon King shows up, and, you know, she German suplexes him, you know, into oblivion with like a giant llama. I think it's like the town pretty much should give her a feast or give her like a hundred bucks. Give her what they can, you know? And she just blows that. Like, I can't stress enough. She is decked out, I think, in really cool, badass action hero clothes. I don't think she's, like, you know, wearing, like, tattered rags. She has a really badass, like, cloak and, I don't know, kind of like what all dragon tamers wear in, like, Pokemon, where it's, like, a cape with, like, a high cowl. Oh, I was picturing, like, uh, Vin Diesel in Triple X. <laughs> <laughs> like a fur-lined leather jacket. Oh, shit! Yes. Well, because she's from Truth, which has this like leather punk rock aesthetic. So I think that she's rocking, she's rocking a leather jacket, studded leather jacket with a fur trim and like acid washed jeans and combat boots. I fucking dig that. That's sick. I, okay, cool. Can part of her outfit glow is all I have. Oh, ask. definitely. I think it's not fur, tr- it's not fur lined. It's got a uh, glowing neon piping. Okay. Can I say that it does have fur trim, except when you look close enough, it's like fire. Mm, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's like a blue flame that surrounds her collar. So you see her from far away and they're like, oh shit, there she is. You can see the flame on her fucking jacket. Yep, that's pretty good. She's so dope. That's real good. Okay. I love it. I think that's a wrap. <laughs> I love this. I think that is a wrap. We did it. God damn. Oh God. Thank you so much, Void Fishing. Thanks, Logan. Thank you, Logan. Thanks for binging our show. And for your lovely feedback and your amazing prompt. It was a good prompt. It was a good one. We got to it. We got, we, we nailed it eventually. <sighs> yeah. You see, it takes time sometimes. Sometimes, but some, you, sometimes gotta, you gotta work. Sometimes you gotta build up to it. You gotta lay out the foundation before you build the house. Yes, exactly. Sometimes you gotta kiss a few frogs before you kiss a prince. Is that it? <laughs> no, fuck it. Delete that. <laughs> so if you'd okay, like to some... submit a prompt, um, <laughs> There are ways to do that. Aaron, what are those ways? Here's a segue. <laughs> There's a lot of ways you can submit prompts to us. Uh, you can tweet at our Twitter <laughs> at AMFC underscore podcast, or you can use our email as uh, Voidfishing did at allmyfantasychildren at gmail.com. You can post on our Facebook page, or you can just shoot stuff to our Discord. The link is pinned to our Twitter. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, consider leaving us a nice iTunes review or giving us a shout-out on social media. Those help new people find the show, which helps us get new prompts, which helps us uh, keep this train running. Yes, and I, I gotta say, wh- wh- you know, the more people you tell, the more fun prompts we get. Like, I can't stress that enough. That, like, if you like the show, refer a friend, and we'll, I'll, I'll fucking send you a pizza. I will. <laughs> I'm not guaranteeing anyone gets a pizza. I'm specifying that up front. I'm not guaranteeing it. I'm just saying it. This is a hollow ass promise, but I'll get, I'll send you a pizza. I promise. Consider backing our Patreon at patreon.com slash all my fantasy children. People get a uh, cool bonus stuff and that helps pay for 
hosting fees, equipment costs, conventional appearances, all that good stuff. That can be found at patreon.com slash allmyfantasychildren. All serious, all jokes of pizza aside, like it really, your contributions and like all that stuff, it really does help us out a ton. It just, it means the world to us. It really does. And on that note, if you like Jeff, Jeff's got another podcast if you really like Jeff. It's it's fine. It's good. Um, Party of One is an actual play podcast about two-player role-playing games. Every week I sit down with guests one-on-one and we play a short, fun, intense role-playing game. You can find that at partyofonepodcast.com. Do you have a verbal hug this week? Don't forget to, I'm going to tie it into the episode, don't forget to have fun. Yeah. You know? Oh my God. Have fun as you go. Yes. Don't forget to take time and, you know, in the throes of work and, you know, I hope you don't have any drama, but if you do, to take time to just do something fun. Take time to find the fun in things, you know? Have have fun as you go, because I think that's important and it's going to make the, it's going to make the not fun part suck a little bit less. They're they're still going to suck. I'm not going to tell you they're not going to suck because they're going to suck. But like, yes, take the like you deserve you deserve and are entitled to the time to do the things that make that make the things that suck suck a little less. You you absolutely deserve that. And I want you to take the time to have some fun. Take the time to breathe. Take the time to eat something you enjoy or just drink some water. Walk around. Smell the roses. Just enjoy. Take the time to enjoy things because. The stuff that sucks is gonna suck real bad, whether or not you take yeah. you do that. So you may as well do it. You really have to find things that make you happy and cherish them and really and really appreciate them and hang on to them because, you know, unfortunately difficult times happen, but I think the the happier times will help you push through those. You know, you may not get over some things, but fun times and good times and good friends and happiness will help you get through it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And on that note, good Good night night and good good game. game.